Welcome to Delera Talks, the business English communication podcast for non-native professionals. My name is Paula, and I am co-hosting this show with Simon. In this podcast, we're going to be covering communication advice and tips to help express yourself with confidence in English and professional settings. So we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another Talera bit. My name is Simon, and as always, wherever you are, I hope you're having an awesome day. Whatever you're doing, walking the dog, doing the dishes, what have you, today you're going to learn a little bit of history. So I think you'll enjoy it. I found some idioms, and we always talk about idioms and how often. Uh, they're used in English, right? Whether they be in the UK or in the United States, but they're very common, especially in American English. And today we're going to be talking about five very common idioms that are used in American English. But we're also going to learn the backstory. So very often, if you know the origin or the yeah, where the where the term comes from, you'll remember it a bit more. So let's go through these. So we have five, and I'm going to use them in a sentence and then give you the story. So if I told you, yeah, you know, uh, those T-shirts—they're a dime a dozen. I see them everywhere. Well, you can probably guess I'm saying that they're really not that valuable, right? Well, that's exactly right. A dime a dozen refers to something that's really common. So it's something that we see a lot, and the meaning from this actually comes from the first dime. They were made in 1796, actually, which is ten cents, which is not a lot of money. And back then, if you were getting a very good deal on, say, eggs, they would say. A dime for a dozen, which is twelve. So this could be with many different things. Now this meaning kind of shifted over the years, and then it started to mean something that's cheap. So if you say, "Yeah, it's a dime a dozen," it means it's a cheap thing that isn't really that valuable. Okay. If I told you, "Yeah, you know, I want to get a new TV, but..." I want the most bang for my buck. I want the most bang for my buck. Well, you could probably guess you're looking to get a lot of value, right? And that's exactly it. You want to get the most value from as little money as possible, right? So you're trying to get the most bang for your buck. And this actually comes from、uh, back in the 1950s, a、uh, famous. Uh, actually, he was a president. Later,、um, he was lowering the amount of money that the American government was spending on the military, and he literally wanted the most bang for the buck—the most amount of firepower, the most amount of yeah military presence for the least amount of money. And so you can use that now, right? I want the most bang for my buck. I want the most, yeah, the most power for as little money as possible. If I told you, yeah, you know, I'm not a big bandwagon fan when it comes to sports. 
I don't really jump on the bandwagon with sports or politics or yeah, new music or things like that. I don't jump on the bandwagon. This means I don't really join what everybody else is doing. It's popular and people are jumping on a bandwagon. They're, you know, going to support the Barcelona football team because everybody else supports Barcelona. That's what we would consider a bandwagoner or a bandwagon fan. Same with politics. If I say, do you like that politician? Have you jumped on the bandwagon yet? That means have you joined in to support that, right? And this actually comes from when the circus would come to town in the 19th century in the United States, they would come through the town on these wagons and people would see these wagons coming through the town and get very excited to go to the circus. So they would jump on the bandwagon to go uh, and follow these, these wagons uh, so that they could go see the circus. And later this turned into a political uh, move when the politicians, they used the same concept they would go through the middle of the street in these towns and people would see them and get excited and they would want people to jump on the bandwagon which would mean they would want them to support their pol political campaign right um, so this started to become very popular and now you can use it on many different things um, basically saying yeah you're going to support them okay the next one we're going to talk about if I spilled the beans on the plan for our big dinner next week, it was a surprise and I wasn't supposed to tell you what we were going to do, but I accidentally spilled the beans. I accidentally told you uh, what the secret was or told you something that I wasn't supposed to share. Um, and so literally that, like a bean that you eat, to spill the beans. Well, this comes from the ancient Greek process of voting. So votes were actually cast, which votes were placed by putting one of two different colored beans in a vase. So uh, apparently, this is news to me, but apparently a white bean meant yes and a black bean meant no. So if someone spilled the beans, right, so these election results would be revealed. And this was, you know, you weren't supposed to just turn over the vase and have all the beans spill out. But I guess this is where this comes from. So if you're if you're spilling the beans, you're exposing a secret uh, that you weren't supposed to share. Now, the last one is, say I have a contract for you to sign and I place the contract in front of you and I say, yeah, I need your John Hancock. You might think, okay, what? What is he saying? Yeah, I need your John Hancock, which means I need your signature. And this is actually a very uh, deep piece of American history. Uh, which comes from the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which was the document signed in 1776 when the United States actually became the United States and declared independence from Great Britain. And there was one, there was, it was signed by several American politicians, and one was 
he was a little bit confident and he said, I want the king over in England to be able to read my name without his glasses. So he signed his name. His name was John Hancock, but he signed it much bigger than everybody else. And if you look at the Declaration of Independence, you can see his name is much bigger than everybody else's. And that's John Hancock. So if we say, yeah, we need your John Hancock, we need your official signature. Okay, so you learned five very odd idioms that we use very often in the United States. And now that you know the back history, hopefully you'll be able to remember them a bit more and use them when it comes to it. So if you have any questions or want to hear some, maybe some more of these with uh, history lessons, by all means, reach out to us at Talera and we'll be happy to supply more. Wherever you are, as always, keep learning. And that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it and remember to subscribe to Talera Talks. We'll be back soon with more. And visit our website at talera.com for more valuable content on business English. You can also request a free consultation on the best ways for you and your team to improve your communication skills. So have a great day and keep learning.